0: What's old becomes new again. Trust me, it'll all make sense coming up soon. This is Behind the Shot. Hi, once again, welcome to Behind the Shot. I'm your host, Steve Brazzle. My guest is messing with me on the screen right now, and you're gonna enjoy this guest a lot. Uh, this is the podcast where we try and get inside the mind of great photographers by taking a closer look behind one of their shots, from conception to completion, all the challenges and stories that happen in between. Just a little housekeeping. Uh, the show has moved to behindtheshot.tv, so make sure you head on over there. You will need to resubscribe. All the old episodes you can find in the normal place right now, you can find them at This Week in Photo. And if you go to BehindTheShot.tv, there's a blog post also for each episode, and the video that you see there is actually linked to the YouTube channel for This Week in Photo. And I want to suggest, and you'll understand more about this in a minute, but I want to suggest that you head over to the This Week in Photo YouTube channel and website, ThisWeekinPhoto.com. Make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel and subscribe to any of their shows on the website. And we're going to get into that in just a moment. You'll understand better. There's one other thing I have a favor to ask. And that is, as I'm doing this kind of starting from scratch, I want to try and get into the iTunes, you know, new and recommended, which is almost impossible. But if you could drop me a review in iTunes or share the links or do whatever you could, it would be very, very much appreciated. So that brings us to the guest today. And, And here's the deal. The reason I say... What's old becomes new again is because today's guest is part of the reason that I'm even doing podcasting. I had had ideas for podcasts for a long time. And one day I was talking to this guy and I said to him, I I have a couple ideas for a podcast. I thought about doing like like an image comp review and I thought about doing this idea here and I thought about this. Like you, right? We all have these ideas in our head that in the perfect world, we're going to become and create this amazing thing. And this guy looked at me and said, you should do it on my network. And if it weren't for that sentence, and I don't know if I've ever said this to him until now, but if it weren't for that sentence, I believe in my head, I would have launched this podcast on my own at some point. But the truth is I may not have. He really is the impetus for me doing podcasting. So to my guest, Frederick Van Johnson, Thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you, man. That was, uh, it was unexpected and very nice of you to say. Thank you.
0: It, it, it is totally the truth. And, and there's a couple of things. And I tell people this. In fact, I mentioned you, I did a the day we're recording this. I was at Professional Photographers of LA County doing a presentation on my concert stuff last night. And, and uh, this weekend photo came up as well because, and this part I know I've told you before. When it, when it comes to photography on the internet and specifically education and podcasting, there's a few outlets that are the go-tos, right? If you want Mm -hmm. education, it's, you even mentioned this to Scott Kelby in your, in your great interview of Scott Kelby, uh, there's Kelby one, there's creative live and there's Linda. And when it comes to podcasting, to me, really, there's maybe two, And that's PPN, which is the Scott Bourne, Marco LaRusse thing. And then there's what I kind of consider to be the definitive photography podcast network, which is This Week in Photo. You have a stable of shows that hit every type of approach to photography from not just interviews and talking, but education. And now you even do twip critique. So let's talk about you for a second. Sure. Everybody knows who you are, so this is going to (laughs) be... This can be redundant I don't know for a that. lot of people, <laughs> but how did you get started as a professional photographer? It was the, in the military, right? It was, yeah. It was in, uh, and
1: like you were, you you alluded to in the beginning. Everything that's old is new again. I would I would argue that everything as as old is getting older. <laughs> so was you way, are, <laughs> well, I'm definitely getting older. Uh, so this is yeah. Way back in 1989, I joined the the United States Air Force and they saw fit to make me a photographer at the time, the the kind of back then, the path of ascension was a photographer, then quote, photojournalist. Right. I and mean, I still use that term with a grain
0: of salt. But uh, yeah, that's where it all started oh, hold on, hold on. back in the day. I have to ask, why do you use that term with a grain of salt?
1: Because I, I have, I have a, extremely high level of respect for photojournalists that go out and put themselves in harm's way daily to come back with the story and scar tissue and mental anguish just to bring you photojournalistic quality. But, but that's what you did in, in the air force. Right. But I'm not doing it every day now. So. Right. You know, okay. I, All right. I got you. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I don't, I don't consider myself. I, I, I consider myself If like, you have to have me classify myself. I would say photojournalist, but I don't want to do a disservice to, quote, real photojournalists that are out there right now. Right. I got you. I got you.
0: So but but not just a photojournalist. We already talked about podcasting. Obviously, you're the host and founder of This Week in Photo. Mm -hmm. Um, You do Twip Talks. You've done you do the new Twip Critiques, uh, usually Mm -hmm. with our buddy Troy Miller. Um, Mm -hmm. You do a number of different podcast shows and you've been host on your network to a number of well-known podcasters that do all kinds of different things now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're also an educator so you do do public speaking you do workshops you do you know all that type of a thing yeah but it's interesting to me that you still would call yourself while using the term loosely a photojournalist because in many ways i was trying to think about this before before i got you on Mm -hmm. because Part of the reason I wanted to have you on here is you were my first guest ever on the show. And so as I'm kind of doing this separately now, I wanted you to be my first guest again. It's a a perfect transition to me. But there's another reason deep down inside. And that is I love you and I have had this conversation privately before. Part of the reason I love photography is there's an immense amount of surprise in photography. Photographers that you truly even already know are good and love will often put an image in front of you that makes you go... (gasps) Right? There, there's there's yeah. this never ending awe moment with good photography. Sure. Yeah. And and I fear in a way that people fear's the wrong word. I'm concerned in a way that people see you as this photographer and educator and and you know fame, personality in, in the space and don't know what an amazing frickin' photographer you are. I keep it well hidden. <laughs> well, you keep it well hidden, and I don't know that you know that you're this good, but, but you really are. Like We did something with Troy did. Miller, and you showed a picture of a graduation mm. at the mm-hmm. Air Force Academy. If, yeah. People, if you get a chance, go find the shot. It, you, you have an amazing eye, and you've worked with, aside from photography in a marketing world and stuff like that, mm-hmm. name some yeah. of the big companies you've worked with.
1: Oh geez, uh, Google, Apple, Adobe, Yahoo, couple like that.
0: Okay, and then you do consulting and stuff like that on on your own. I do. So I do. Really, yeah. and it's fun. By the way, goes to, on and on. it's fun to get in debates with Frederick on marketing stuff because you always know in the back of your head he's right, but you can push the button, and, and it's <laughs> it's an absolute blast to do. So. That kind of brings us to today's shot. And I've had people say to me that they're listening to this show audio only and they want a description of the photo so they don't have to go to a website and look at it. So as I bring up this photo, I'm going to kind of describe it. And there's no way in hell that I'm going to do it justice because really you kind of have to see the the surrealness of it. and And then we'll kind of get into to the photo. So I'm sitting here realizing what this description is going to going to sound like. I'm wondering how how you're going to tackle this. (laughs) There is a banana and it's floating in mid space, Mm -hmm. but yet not. The peel is peeled back about three quarters of the way. It appears to be on a dark black granite kitchen counter. The peel touching that counter, laying on it while the banana itself is elevated above it. And there is a floating knife. (laughs) This couldn't have been safe. There's a floating knife. That has yeah. sliced the banana. And it is a kitchen because you can see the oven in the background. The depth of field on this is fantastic. So I've kind of laid the groundwork of this. Let, let's start from the basics. What's the name of the photo, if you were to name it?
1: Well, okay. I don't know what, what kind of rating you want to have on your podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> haven't but, decided yet.
1: Because I haven't gone live yet when we're recording this. Well, there you go. Yeah, maybe I get to set, the, set your rating. Uh, but, you know, I decided when I was shooting this, I was like, I'm going to name this Lorena Banana. <laughs> because because and for you younger viewers and listeners out there, uh, there was a controversy somewhere in the United States a while back where um, a lady named Lorena used a knife and did some things to her husband that weren't pleasant. And say that, and so that keeps this, it clean. <laughs> thank yeah. you. I'm trying to dance the line. Yeah, you, uh, you found the line. <laughs> but the banana shot, you know, although it did not start out that way, in fact, it started out like many other shots that you see online, where that shot was inspired by another shot. I'd seen another shot of someone that did something similar with a carrot, and there was this carrot floating, and I couldn't. I knew how they do it, and I, I knew how they did it, and I knew how I could execute it but it was one of those things steve you know how it happens you have one of those shots that just like burrows its way into the back of your skull and stays there until you actually do the shot yeah that's what happened i'm like i bet i could do that with a banana and i could use a clothes hanger to fish through it well now don't give that it. away because
0: i've got it behind the she- scenes i want to show
1: oh, okay cool, cool so yeah. so
0: let's uh let let's hit technical stuff yeah i'm assuming you shot this on a tripod Yes, absolutely. Okay.
1: Yeah. Although it could have been done without a tripod, yeah,
0: that would have. I saved myself a couple of hours by doing it on. a Well, tripod. and the EXIF data shows this was one sixtieth of a second, mm-hmm. which is about uh, the barrier for a handheld. Yeah, camera. and that's why I guessed a tripod. F one point eight, mm-hmm. so super shallow. ISO yep. one twenty five, and mm-hmm. twenty five millimeters. But this was on a Panasonic GX seven, which is a crop sensor. It is. It, yeah, that was my GX7 too. Wow. That's in the closet now, right? So you're looking about a 54 millimeter equivalent for this. So you could, anybody yeah. could do this shot, pull out your nifty 50 1.8, right? It's a hundred dollar mm-hmm. lens. Yep, and You could do this shot. What lens was this? Do you remember? This was
1: the, I, I want to say was the Panasonic Leica 25 millimeter. So okay. it is, yeah, it is only one, you know, so it is, it is kind of the standard 25 millimeter. Um, and it it allows for one of the magic things about that lens, if I remember it correctly, because I don't shoot with it every day, but it has a, a focusing distance or a minimum focusing distance. That's really almost impossibly close. So you can get really, really close to your subject, which obviously affects, affects the background and the depth, depth of field back there. But it, uh, yeah. And the, and the other thing about that lens is it is, probably one
0: of the sharpest lens I've ever held in well, my Well, see, lens. and that that's one of the things I wanted to bring up that that amazes yeah. me about this shot. Cause really seriously, you got you got to come to the website and look at this shot. It is okay, there's a couple things really. One, you shot it at 1.8. So yeah. 1.8, 50 millimeters. That's not super wide. The depth of field should be super, super shallow. And it yeah. is. It fades off down the banana. The peel is the peel on the left side of the frame is definitely soft and the knife and everything is sharp. But and again, I'm going to bring up here in a minute how this was done photo-wise, show the behind the scenes. But getting that 1.8 focus on the right spot, did you use autofocus? Did you manually focus it? No, no. For a shot like this, it has to be manual focus. Okay. okay. Everything,
1: yeah. I mean, if you want to, <clears throat> we'll get into the technicalities of it. But yeah, it everything has to be manual. And the, there was one thing that, you know, inside baseball, which you'll probably understand after I say this, I shot that in my kitchen and and
0: used all available light, right? Which whoa, whoa, there's no light in this? No. I mean, not no, no light. You know what I mean? No artificial light?
1: There's no artificial light. That was my sliding glass door to my backyard, lighting that with a sheer white curtain in front of it pulled.
0: Really? <laughs> yes. Yes, which means... No, 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 it, no it, it can't be. And I'll tell you, the left side of the banana is completely lit up beautiful, and mm-hmm. yet there's a reflection on the right side of the knife. Yeah, that behind me... So
1: picture this: there's a the table right there, and behind me is a giant eight-foot sliding glass door with California sun streaming through. Oh, I through. see. The, I can see it. Yeah. 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 Wow, streaming through. dude. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that's here's it. a weird
0: question: before I bring up the behind-the-shot, mm-hmm. from an exposure point of view. Did you even care about meter mode or you're doing live view or something like that? I'm guessing. I'm doing live view. Yeah, I'm
1: on micro for thirds. So what I see is what I get. What about white balance?
0: Auto? Uh, Auto white balance on this one. And then you just deal with it in post.
1: Yeah, because this is a composite, right? There's no expectation of reality. So I'm shooting raw and who knows? I
0: may have decided to make that banana peel red if I wanted to. Okay, so So now let's talk a little bit about how you did it. And here's the reason I dig this shot. Right. We're going to get into composition here in just a second. But my mind just doesn't work this way. (laughs) Right. When when I'm one of the idiots that when I look at this behind the scenes, went dough, of course, (laughs) I honestly I'm embarrassed to say I had no concept when I first saw this. How the heck did you get a banana floating in midair standing on its own peel with sliced pieces that are a quarter inch from each other and yet they're all floating in mid space and that's how you did it.
1: Yeah, it's very simple. And that, you know, one of the takeaways I would love for your audience to grab from this is that this when you see the behind the scenes.
0: This it, and I've is, got it on screen right now.
1: Okay. This technique is applicable to everything. You can levitate yourself, bananas, your kids, your whatever you want, whatever you can support higher and <laughs> then get two shots
0: of. Okay. You can levitate anything you want to levitate. Hold on, hold on. You said you could apply this to your kids. And what I'm looking at is a giant shish kebab skewer going through the subject. So don't well, try this at home with your kids. Well, I'm talking about the levitation part of right, it right. where you have something off the ground. Yeah. So sure. here's, I got a couple questions on how you did this. First of all, again, I would have never even imagined doing this myself. and And, and I'm embarrassed that I didn't know how you did this. This was a magic trick to me. Not even kidding. Yeah. No, but- you know, it's funny you say that. Let me just throw this
1: in there. You, you say that you didn't, you you say the same, you're a magician and I'm an amateur, amateur of amateur magicians. And th- what you said before about it the complexity being of how to do this shot being much simpler than what you thought it would be. Isn't that how much, how most magic tricks are? Yeah, the it's, best magic tricks are very, very simple. Inevitably, know, every magic
0: my deck of cards is sitting right here. Every there magic trick is is inevitably more simple than everybody thinks. And like my wife always says, yeah, you. When people say, "How'd you do it?" Eh, you don't want to know. You really don't want to know because it will ruin it. <laughs> but right, in this case, right. and again, I love seeing behind the scenes of magic. This didn't ruin it for me, but I do have some questions for you. Yeah. So. You, you basically, again, for those listening in audio, what it is, is it's, it's white styrofoam cups with a shish kebab skewer going through the banana, plugging into one cup to hold the, the left end peel up, and resting on top of the cup on the right end where it's been peeled and been sliced. That lifts the slice side up a little bit higher because it's resting on top of the cup, and the yep. peel is resting in front of it, which will make it easy to remove. You don't have to rebuild the peel or anything. It's resting in front of the cup. The knife is resting on the shish kebab skewer, and then the back handle of the knife is on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten cups, and he peeled a piece away to set the handle in. Brilliant. Here's my question. Why the toothpicks? There are toothpicks uh, at the one end. Oh, it just hit me Uh, as I asked it. There are Uh toothpicks in between some of the pieces and yeah. at the very end, along with the skewer plugged into the side of the cup, also into the cup and the banana, it's to keep it from rotating. That's to keep them from rotating. Yeah, that was the problem that I was having as I was setting
1: up the shot. So you
0: tried it, it without. You didn't think about that in advance. No,
1: no, that was that was the improvisation right there because I was trying to get everything set up and those dang banana pieces kept spinning. And I needed them in the right orientation so they looked like they had been cut, you know, while the banana was in its original configuration. So... They kept spinning and they wouldn't stay in the right position. So I needed something to put in there, of course, knowing that, you know, all bets are off. I got Photoshop. I'm going to take whatever I want out of the shot later. So, yeah, I stuck a couple toothpicks in there and boom. In retrospect, what I would have done, what I would suggest if you try to do a shot like this is oh, to, which I will. <laughs> yeah. Freeze or chill the banana. So, like this was a California day. And part of the reason was after this banana was peeled, peeled, it started to liquefy a little bit over oh. time. And which meant, you know, it's the smooth metal skewer going through it, it just wanted to find its center of gravity and just rotate down. So, so frozen, if, you'd stop. That. If you froze, you know, I wouldn't say freeze them because then they'll crumble. I would say chill them down so that and then get your shot ready before you get everything going. That way, it'll stick to the skewer better, and you might be able to avoid the toothpicks altogether.
0: Yeah, give it some added consistency, basically, as it were. So, exactly. with that in exactly. mind, I've got the full screen shot of the behind the scenes with the cups. Good. And we transition yeah, at- straight to the float. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> And I'm it's not gone. Lie. Look at that. As I was getting ready to record this yesterday, and I'm building all of this in the software that I use, I am I'm doing that back and forth because I lined them up like perfectly, so it literally just fades from the behind the scenes, and the cups disappear. <laughs> it's right? Freaking awesome.
1: <laughs> well, there's there's three shots that you need to do a shot like this, right? So there's the the and this is a Hollywood thing, right? So there's the background plate which is nothing so no banana no knife no cups no nothing and then there's the shot with the supports and the banana and the knife you know and then
0: there's the final composite why the plate why the empty shot is that so that you have you know it's, it's like in audio always record a room with just this is a great audio tip by the way if nobody knows this one but always record B-roll, as it were. Just record the ambient noise in any room you're doing an interview in.
1: Kind of. Because sim- when you get back, if you that. have
0: to do your own retake or overdub, you're not going to match the ambient noise. Pretty and, much. And That's pretty can much it, it right it there.
1: That's pretty much it right there. The, the, the main thing, if you're doing a composite where you're going to be removing objects from the scene, the pixels where that object was need to be replaced with background. If you don't have background, now you gotta start cloning and trying to recreate background. If, you have re- if you're have, if you using a tripod and you have consistent lighting, you can save yourself a lot of right. time by just doing that one shot with nothing in the scene, building your thing, doing another shot. Now you can just literally bring both shots in on layers and erase. That's yeah, literally Yeah, because all the cup's is.
0: on the right, uh, on camera right where the knife is mm-hmm. and supporting that banana. That wouldn't have been so hard because it's dark. But on the left, with all the reflections, you removed an entire cup you'd have to rebuild. And this way you can yeah. just layer it in Photoshop and be and done with it. it so out. let's talk let's composition here. Sure. Part of the reason I, I, I literally, I, I think this shot is borderline brilliant. Not, not just on the execution end, right? Yeah. But from a purely compositional point of view. If you pull this shot into something like Lightroom and you pull up the crop tool and you use the O key to change the overlay, Mm -hmm. you've got rule of thirds landing in just the right spot where the the knife is coming down, where the peel is coming off of the counter. If you Mm -hmm. change the overlay to, I don't even know what they call it, but it's more 45 degree lines. It comes right down that knife and right down that banana. Mm -hmm. It almost Mm -hmm. looks like the banana is standing on the peel, which is fantastic. The, there's almost a leading line leading out perfectly. Many people would not have positioned that knife handle in the right way in the final crop, right? They would have left this as a four, three ratio and you've cropped this more of a panel look so that the handle is pointing dead center at that corner to lead you out that leading line or that 45. If you drop a, a golden spiral on this at the right angle, it works. So my question to you, my friend is, did you know all of that as you were doing it was that in your well,
1: head? Well, Steve, of course I did. I did all the uh, trigonometry and mathematics. <laughs> no. Exactly. No, I didn't. No, honestly, no, I didn't. I mean, I when I put this together, maybe buried in my subconscious, I mean, I obviously was paying attention to the rule of thirds and all that, right? right. But. The rest of that, it was just eyeballing composition. You know, it, you were right. The, the angle of the, the knife, the angle of the obviously the angle of the banana and how it's sitting, all those things, even the background, everything was taken into consideration when I when I put it together. But when I put it together, I'm literally Steve, I'm ha- having fun. I had a drink off to the side. Right, right. I got music blasting when I'm doing this thing and I'm just having fun. I got Celine my tripod Dion, probably. out. Okay yeah yeah so yeah some house music, on yeah so you know, i had this thing out there and i'm just playing around just shooting i had the house to myself so i'm just playing you know I'm like oh what if i did like what if i'd move this over there no that doesn't look right oh that peel looks ridiculous let me let me move that so it's peeling back so they look like they're going away from the peeled banana yeah know?
0: that's one thing i should mention is it's not just that it's peeled they're curled perfectly. It, it, like an, you know what? It's like an unfurling flower. The, the, the peel is like like leaves or petals coming back. You thought about position of the oven where it is and everything, right? So that you didn't mm-hmm. intersect yeah. it because it's, it's bright. Yeah. Here's the question. In post, obviously you had the plate, the, the blank mm-hmm. room that you could use to substitute where you cut the cuts at, cups out. You used yeah. Photoshop, I'm assuming. Yes. Um, did, you, did you get really detailed, zoom way in and make sure that this mask was perfect?
1: Uh, the mask around when I, when I erased the, uh, the cups and the knives and all that stuff. Um, yeah, for the most part, I went in, this was, I think this was shot a couple of years ago. So this was a couple of versions before the current version of Photoshop that you have. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I did, I did zoom in and, and pay attention to the edges and all that. But again, you know, this was, this never went anywhere. I think I put this image... This image is in the opening sequence for this weekend photo. This image is on Flickr, I believe. I've never part of my intent for creating the image was I'm going to write a tutorial on how to do this, you know, which would have been literally probably a paragraph. But. You still should though.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, should, you actually, I, this would be a, this really honestly would be a great blog post. I I just thought of something though, mm-hmm. and as you know, I'm colorblind, right? But mm-hmm. you are shooting a banana, and. Mm-hmm. People have in their head what bananas look like. Sure. So while you sh- you shoot white balance and you can deal with it in post because you're shooting raw, as you're post-processing this, you're aware of the color that that banana needs to look accurate. Is there anything you did special to get that?
1: No, no, not at all. Not at all. So, it, again, this was... this. A little inside baseball. This was originally intended to be more fantastical than it is. Like there were going to be other elements put in there and, you know, I was going to have fun with it. But then when I finished with the final when I finished with this part of it, let's say this was part one, the, the levitating banana that's been chopped up by the ghost that's holding the, Lorena the knife, banana, Lorena banana at work here. Uh, I left it like this. I'm like, wow. I think less is more. I think we'll, we'll stay with this. Color-wise, no. I mean, you know, if you look at something that looks like something that is iconic and recognizable as a banana, colorblind, listen, colorblind is notwithstanding, you kind of know what a yellow – and your brain will interpolate right. into, oh, that's banana yellow, even if it's off. You know, that's banana
0: yellow. Yeah, that, that's These are, true. But they're but that, very, that's the reason I asked the question is because it is such an iconic item. Yeah. You know, everybody's going to look at it. And if if you were off the right way, everybody would go, there's, I can't put my finger on it, but something feels wrong. But the way you got it, and by the way, the glisten on the end of the knife from the sliding glass door that's behind you Mm -hmm. is, is part of what adds to that 3D, right? Yeah. Yeah. The shadows in between, this is natural freaking light.
1: Wow. Yeah. And that, yeah, that reminds me. So that was an issue with shooting this because the time passed between the time when I shot the plate and I actually shot the supported banana, the light changed. And even if the light changes ever so slightly, the shadows change ever so slightly when you're in Photoshop and you're doing this level of compositing, it matters. Right. Cause now, now literally I'm on that, the shiny wood surface trying to get rid of the cup and the plate doesn't match the actual table well, i'd argue that then that shot. you shot
0: it backwards because you you probably shot the plate then took mm-hmm. time to assemble the banana and do your shots if you would yeah. shot the banana first you could in one swipe being careful of the knife swiped everything aside snapped a quick shot at the same time so yeah, shoot the yeah. plate or last. if i was really smart i would have just used lights which i have i just didn't want to <laughs> yeah which you know understandable so if people want to see More of the work of a Frederick Van Johnson. I mean, we'll get into your website for for this week in photo in a minute. But if they want to see more of your work, where's the best place for them to go and see your photos?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I don't have anything posted publicly right now. I'm embarrassed to say that. I talk about photography every single day
0: and don't have my stuff posted. I went to your your personal website is frederickvan.com. Correct. And I went there and it's like, I think it was your Vietnam trip.
1: Oh, yeah. It's tumbleweeds. It's tumbleweeds. In fact, that's being decommissioned and being reconverted into something else. Uh, But, yeah, I would just say go to thisweekinphoto.com. You can go to uh, the Flickr group for This Week in Photo. OK. We we are relaunching now since we have so many members over there. It's ridiculous. Thousands and thousands of members in our Flickr group. Okay. And then This Week in Photo,
0: the website is? Thisweekinphoto.com. Just head over there. Okay, that one makes it easy. And then social media wise, you are the same name everywhere you go. Yep, just Frederick Van. You got to spell Frederick right though. That's
1: uh, people have trouble with spelling. Fred Frederick. Frederick. Yeah, there's yeah, an E Fred in there. Erick. Fred Erick. Fred Erick. There's yeah. no one ro- white one right or correct way to spell Frederick. But uh, yeah, I was speaking to a. I interviewed a German gentleman from. Um, Uh, cologne the other day and his name is also frederick but he spells it f-r-e-d-e-r-i-k oh right or no it's f-r-e-d-r-i-k frederick like that and uh and it's correct so there's no one correct way but if you want to get me it's frederick f-r-e-d-e-r-i-c-k-v-a-n and that's everywhere you go
0: instagram facebook twitter he's active on all of them oh i i want to get out here really quick before we we end Uh, Yeah. Twip Pro. Explain Twip Pro and tell people where they can find it. Oh, yeah. So beginning with the end in mind, Twip Pro at twippro.com,
1: T-W-I-P-P-R-O.com is the new community that I established for the This Week in Photo listening audience, network, fans, friends, all those people. So basically it is if you think of a Facebook group, it's kind of like a Facebook group, but I would argue better. Um, and it is a place where people like you and I, Steve, for example, can interact, get together, share images, have conversations, you know, debate things, yeah, all that stuff. But in a, and I don't want to use the word safe space because it's not it's not a safe space, but it is troll free. It is a troll I'd call free it space. safe space.
0: I, I actually yeah. would. I think it's a good phrase for it because. I'm active in there and, and one of the things I love about it is, and the reason I wanted to make sure we get it in, the people that are in there are really active, but they're not just active with posting things, they're active with helping each other, right? Somebody yeah. will ask a question and and you or me or Troy or or uh, uh, you know somebody else will will jump in and answer the question and people will give sharing and conflicting opinions on it and it's all done as good humans, right? Yeah. Nobody's in there to demean anybody. So, and, and we're all there to help each other, which is fantastic. So what's the website again? It's twippro.com. And the, it,
1: it, it's important to state the reason that it's like that is by design. It's not because I'm curating and doing background checks of everyone that, that comes into there, um, but it's because we put a price tag on it. And it's amazing, even a small little amount, is $4.99 to become a member of Twip Pro. And even for that small amount, it effectively eliminates the troll quotient, because yeah. hey, if, if I can't if you know if I can't rag on you and call you names for free, I'm not going to do it at all, <laughs> right? Yeah. So they stay out of there.
0: Yeah, and and it works really really well. There's some good people in there. You the the quip the quip blah 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 the twip critiques come from a critique channel that's in Twip Pro, and yes. then they go up on YouTube, and And if you've never, by the way, if you've never had your images critiqued, I cannot tell you enough, uh, at least in my opinion, one of the best ways to become a better photographer is have qualified people, not just people in a Flickr group or a Facebook group. Hey, great shot, when it's really not. Yeah. right? That, that's Recapture. not helping you, right? So yeah. go participate in these things, because it really, really does make a difference on, 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 uh, on, on what kind of photographer you're gonna end up being. If you really wanna improve yourself, do all the workshops and do all the online classes, but have people that you trust give you constructive criticism, it'll make it completely different. So again, Frederick, thanks so much for being here, man. I hope that you have yourself an absolutely fantastic day. I will. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: I've, it's an honor to be one of your first guests on the the rebirth the behind the shot. And best of luck with everything. The
0: rebirth. There's an image I'll have in my head now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not even going there. After all the banana
0: talk, I'm yeah, not going. There. <laughs> I know. I know. Again, I'm Steve Brazel, the host of the Behind the Shot podcast. You can find it at behindtheshot.tv. You can find me at stevebrazzle.com. And then if you go to social media on, uh, let's start with uh, Facebook. Facebook is Steve Brazel Photography and then either Twitter or Instagram you can find just at Steve Brazel. It's like Brazil but two L's. So once again to Frederick Van Johnson of ThisWeekInPhoto.com Thanks so much for joining me. If you've got suggestions you can always use the contact form at BehindTheShot.TV You can always reach out to me on social media and until the next episode have yourself a great day.